the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, today is, oh my goodness, we are finally into the final week of February. It's been a tough month with the weather, the snow, but it is Monday. It is February 22nd, and uh, a lot of good things to look forward to. Uh, Just think of that. A week from today will be March 1st, and I also, don't you think, I think it makes a big difference when we start to see sunset is going to be 530. Can you imagine over the next week? Or two weeks suddenly now, how about that? For those that are uh, driving to and from work, coming home in the afternoon, starts to be light out, 6 o'clock, that's always a, a good sign. So, um, so folks, the more that we can plod through and start to get some warmer days, we will make it through. Now, uh, where are things with Governor Raimondo? Well, she is, uh, there's nothing the governor can do. Governor Mundo basically is is waiting right now. There are other Senate confirmations that take precedence over her, and there's several that are being, um, you know, vetted. For instance, Attorney General Merrick Garland that will take a little bit longer. Governor Mundo, she's in the same boat. Boston Mayor uh, Marty Walsh, they're they're waiting for their Senate confirmation. Now it could be this week, it could be next week, it could get dragged out. A little bit more. She's not the only one. We have no reason to believe right now that she's going to face stiff opposition. A lot of misinformation about it. Um, I saw one person that was saying, well, you know, one vote. If one Democrat breaks off, she could be. I, I, that, that's not true. There were Republicans that voted in favor of her just to get it out of committee. She, her vote to get out of committee was 22 to 2. The chairman of the committee is a Republican. He voted for her. So Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo probably we should get north of 80 votes. I, she only need 51 full Senate confirmation north of 80, maybe, maybe a little bit. I mean, it's tough to tell. We haven't heard tremendous opposition. She is not viewed as a controversial figure. So in the meantime, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee remains the incoming governor. Now, something very significant happened, and it's going on behind the scenes, and that is Lieutenant Governor, incoming uh, governor, Lieutenant Governor McKee, he's clearly, he and his people are making it known to the media. They're less than thrilled with the way that Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, that uh, things have gone with this vaccine rollout, and there's been a lot of mistakes. And as I've said, it's been an unmitigated disaster. Someone has to be held accountable for it. And this business that people are showing up and they're not in the age demo they're supposed to be. It, it, it was you're supposed to be over 75. And now it's starting to transition to 65 and older. But if people are making appointments at the website and then they show up and they're there and it's their time and then they're getting it. I, I know people can say, well, they shouldn't be line jumping and that, but the fact is they shouldn't be even be allowed to make the appointment. So that's causing a problem. And then if they show up and you have to show a license and you're clearly too young for the vaccine, people in their 40s are showing up and getting it. That's that's the Rhode Island Department of Health. So the, the vaccine rollout, it is not going smooth. And, and I freely admit, folks, it's tough to tell 
is it a problem with CVS? Is it a problem with Walgreens? Is it a problem with the Rhode Island Department of Health? As we all know, small estate, this should be, Rhode Island should be number one in the vaccines and other states saying, well, you know, that's not fair. I mean, Rhode Island, they're the smallest state, so they should be number one. But we, we were ranked dead last. That was just poor planning. You're already starting to also see. So Lieutenant Governor, incoming Governor McKee, he has already hinted that he would like to see Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott take more of a back seat. And again, I, we don't know fully about it. I mean, I think we'll learn more. But at this point, I, I'm going to trust that, you know, he's going to have the right to run his administration the way that he sees fit. He seems more results oriented. Uh, you can already kind of see the difference, as I started to say. Governor Armando is very big about the state controls, everything. The cities and towns just kind of go along and, you know, big state vaccination sites. Incoming Governor McKee seems to lean more towards why don't we allow the different cities and towns, municipalities to set up their own and then we'll get them the vaccine. And then if you're a resident of, let's just say, Smithfield, you just drive five minutes to somewhere in Smithfield to get it, as opposed to now they're saying, you know, you need to drive to the Dunkin' Donuts Center or it's it is not going smooth. A big part of this, though, make no mistake about it. I mean, who does this really fall on? Governor Raimondo. Since since December, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo has been focused on the commerce, on her on her uh, incoming job as Commerce Secretary for the the Biden administration. Think of it: the last time she did a full, I mean, full accessible to the press was Tuesday, December twenty second, folks. It, that was two months ago. It's February, you know, February twenty second. Governor Mundo has been, you know, more than checked out. Not only first it was she had to get ready and prepare to for her commerce hearing. Now, you know, she is seen as going to be the incoming person who's going to get that. So she, I'm sure, is fully jumping in and working on. She's she knows she's going to get the job. We have no reason to believe she's not going to. I know Senator Ted Cruz has put a hold on her nomination, but that was really more of a reflection on the Biden administration and the answer to one of his questions. But one thing that Governor Raimondo continues to be very successful at, and that is she's always had a good press operation and not necessarily working the Rhode Island press, but more working, you know, the, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal. And you really saw it play out over the weekend. This is ABC's This Week, where Rahm Emanuel, former mayor of Chicago, who had been floated, by the way, as possible Biden nomination nominee for uh, transportation secretary. But he starts going off about the back to school plan and the Rhode Island plan is the best plan. Now, that's he's getting all of that from this very puff piece article placed for Governor Raimondo. This is um, this is what it sounded like with uh, Rahm Emanuel. He has no control. Secretary, former governor of Rhode Island, had a great plan. Do the Rhode Island plan as a test case for everybody. She did a great job. Number two, you have it. Uh, you're married to a teacher. Send her into school plus school districts. He has no. So plan. now think of that, and then he he says the the Ramundo plan should be the blueprint for the nation. Six months ago, that should be the blueprint for every state to come. Hold on, here and you go. Your commerce secretary actually did a great job 
starting six months ago, that should be the blueprint for every state to follow and every city to follow. All right, Margaret, before we... Now, you know what's amazing about that, folks, is uh, Raimondo now is seen as the blueprint. Now, we, we know that it was pushed off. They needed more time. Governor Raimondo initially said everyone's going back before Labor Day. That should have happened. Then it was pushed off. Oh, two weeks. They need more time. Then you had different communities, but she was aggressive. She did put the push on. You remember the whole thing, Warwick threw in the towel. They do list that the one school district that is um, completely selfish and makes no sense is Pawtucket. And, uh, but but in, in some ways, Governor Mundo did stand up. I, I don't know if I'd call it the blueprint. I mean, if if this is better than some other communities, I think it it's more of just shows how poor some of the other communities are with – completely folding to the teachers unions and uh, who are still refusing to go back into the the classroom for the children. I mean, I think it's more of that. But to the larger point, the fact that she was able to get someone working for her, was able to get the New York Times to do this very flattering piece on Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, it, it was very lengthy. Someone then got it to Rahm Emanuel, and there he is on national television saying Ramundo has the blueprint that the rest of the nation should follow. That, if anything else, she has has always had very aggressive and effective press operation. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter... You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil, make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil 
diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, folks. We start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me is the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. His name is Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off that uh, without question, let's just face it, the state's rollout, whatever, I, you know, I don't know enough of who's at fault, but the vaccine rollout has been, by all accounts, an unmitigated disaster. And what does it tell you that you have all these very progressive uh, Democrats that are taking to social media to start uh, defending Dr. Alexander Scott? I mean, to me, the buck has got to stop somewhere. Governor Mundo, we don't know. We're going to get to that. But what, what is your just your latest reaction to uh, just a complete botched vaccine rollout? Well, it's hard to say anything except that it's it's just an evidence that the that the progressive approach to government does not work. And when you, as we discussed last week, when you take the personality of the governor out of it, where she doesn't have the political investment, where she's there day after day trying to make sure she doesn't have egg on her face over it, uh, that falls apart when you've got a top-down kind of approach to government rather than one where everybody's acting according to their incentives and for their own reasons. And so I think that's what you get. You get a, it doesn't take much for things to go wrong, especially at a critical moment, like when you're trying to roll out a vaccine and whether it's, it's the execution or the messaging, it's just not there. And so the, it just, politically, everything starts to crumble. So people don't know who to blame. Uh, We saw this past week, uh, Dan McKee, the probably the incoming governor, uh, backing out of the the press conferences on COVID, probably because he doesn't want to be the face of a failure that he has no control over. Uh, and you start getting people pointing fingers and trying to lay blame. And it's not it's not surprising that that uh, that's how things would go. And it's not surprising that um, prog- progressive Democrats would would come to the aid of a, a minority uh, who's one of the top who's been you know, up till now, up till this debacle, really praised Dr. Scott for her, her handling of all of this. The, um, the New York Times has had us, the state, ranked 50th out of 50th with the vaccine rollout. Uh, by all accounts, you know, we, I, we don't know enough about what was going wrong, but McKee in, initially started to signal he's going to have his current chief of staff, Tony Silva, he's going to basically take over the vaccine rollout. Now, 
we were hearing reports that, you know, in, in certain like Providence Central Falls, it didn't matter what your age was, that they were still vaccinating. And even if some you're supposed to have an appointment, you're supposed to be the age of over 75. If you showed up Providence, you were still getting vaccinated. But Justin, what does it tell you that? All right. So New York Times is saying Rhode Island is dead last in the nation. I think at one point, 46 percent of the, the vaccine was being thrown away in Rhode Island. But the progressives defending Dr. Scott was saying, I think it's amazing we have a woman of color who's the, the head of the Rhode Island Department of Health. It's as if in their mind, any failure, and it has been, uh, as I said, an unmitigated disaster with the vaccine rollout, should be you know, nullified by the fact that in their mind, isn't it wonderful that a person of color is the head of the Rhode Island Department of Health? Well, that's one of the, the chief mechanisms and benefits of identity politics, right? I mean, you, it doesn't merit doesn't matter. You just have to find somebody of the right demographic qualities to be to be at the front of it. And I mean, and if you could go as deep as you know, how progressives think of things and how they ought to work, merit it takes a back seat to identity. And if that's the case, you know, you you're kind of on some level admitting we might have failures, but hey, at least we'll we'll look diverse when we do it. And it's interesting to note, you, you see this at the, the national level too, with the, the Biden administration, uh, a few of those, you know, those online videos that clip together snips have her, have um, Biden's press secretary, uh, who I'm blanking on her name at the moment, but Jen, Jen Psaki. Yeah, Jen Psaki. Um, she, her, yeah, every time she's asked about something with, uh, I don't know, the GameStop investment scandal or anything like that she says well isn't it great that we have a woman at the head of our of our efforts on this i mean it's it becomes almost a joke and if if there were still if we were still allowed to have comedy it would be a big part of say saturday night live uh but i i think that's it is it, you get what you pay for and in, in a way it's nice to see uh see it be done so honestly um uh, but i you know i would think reflecting on this if i were actually a true believing progressive who thought government can work. We need more government. I'd actually be kind of upset about this because it's obvious government is failing and that identity politics is in, in large part being used as an excuse. And that ought to offend progressives, but it doesn't because they're, they're more concerned about the identity politics than actually having functional government. Folks, our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz, managing at our OceanStateCorrent.com. Justin, let's go back to that I, I think it was the, the low point of this whole thing where it's supposed to be Governor Mundo, who I think over 125 briefings, she was on stage. And then all of a sudden she said, oh, well, you know, I want to step back and give Lieutenant Governor Gee, you know, McKee more of a chance to be front and center. But well, what did you make of his decision last Thursday where basically he refused to be on stage with them and it turned into Dr. Scott? In, uh, in General Callahan, then again, Stephen Pryor of, uh, of Commerce. Well, I think it's it really, it shows the failures, I think, of the, the Raimondo administration in this, what, what it should be. And it, it could have been a very generous, good for Rhode Island move for the governor to back off and let McKee become the face if it had been a success and let him take some credit, let him look like he's he's part of the team. That could have been a good move, but they're they're just not able to function in that way. And I think it's because a lot of them are are looking for their exit. It was because the administration was so focused on Raimondo as the, the core. And I think that's that's part of the problem. And so now it starts to look like McKee's being set up as a fall guy. And I'm, I'm sure that wasn't anybody's intention, but I don't really blame him for backing out. On the other hand, you know, it does it doesn't look 
great. Um, yeah, again and again, we see with McKee this kind of kind of good instincts are on what's right, but the, he gets caught in a political whirlwind as he has been with all the applications for lieutenant governor. Just it, good instinct to say, let's do this fair and have applications and all that, but it doesn't quite work in our political environment. So he sometimes seems out of place and that could turn out to be a good thing. Uh, but in this case, you know, I think it was, uh, it seems like it was cut his losses before he ended up, this ended up you know, following him into his own governance his own role as governor uh, as just a, an inherited scandal as opposed to, okay, now I have authority and I can come in and fix this mess, which should be probably what he's trying to, to set up for himself. You know, his decision not to go last Thursday, I, I kind of, I understand if he's saying, uh, and again, you know, to me, Dr. Scott has, has kind of become like Baghdad Bob. I mean, she has this narrative where you stand on the stage you say everything is going great. She even said last week Governor Mundo was brilliant. And and McKee basically said, I'm, I'm not going to stand up there for this charade. This is not going well. We shouldn't try to pretend it's going well. Uh, they have these lame talking points of, well, we're using a different metric. Ours is targeted, even though everyone is doing that. Justin, I also think now uh, Lieutenant Governor McKee, he had his own briefing on Friday. He was a little bit odd at five o'clock. Not the press couldn't ask questions. But he basically said, and I think this is starting to see some differences ultimately between him and the governor. And that is to him, it's make it a local, make the vaccine local. So the cities and towns, you get to just use an example like North Providence. So then they set up and then their residents only have to drive, you know, five minutes to their town hall. Governor Mundo is very big on, no, the state must control everything. So you have state sites and their mass sites and People have to drive the Dunkin' Donuts Center, even though people don't want to go into Providence and go there. Um, how do you think that's going to play? Where see, he seems to say more. He's going to let you know municipalities, cities, and towns let them handle it, and the state take more of a backseat. Well, I think uh, if that's his approach, that's one of the things. At least my, from speaking for myself, I'm I'm looking forward to that change. I think it's one of the advantages of having somebody who's been a mayor go up to be governor. Uh, he has that sense of what they can do, what their role should be. Whereas for Governor Raimondo, it's all, I'm the smartest person in the room. Give me the, give me the information, give me the power and all and good things will happen. And we've, we've seen for many years, that's not the case, but I, I think that that's really the difference we're going to see. And when you don't, and part of the problem is she didn't go fully in that direction early on a couple, a couple of weeks ago, there was mass confusion at the local level because towns were being told here, you have these vaccines, you need to distribute them. And they had no idea, you know, how to go about it. And they didn't necessarily even have the information to know who was over 75 in their towns. And I think we can, there, there is a, a smarter way to go about it where the state government provides kind of a centralized organization for example they have access to tax records so they'll have a better idea of who is who's over 75 work with the municipalities who might have more reach on the ground to actually distribute them and i think that's that's probably a better solution i know in in tiverton for example the the, the town has teamed up with little compton to have a clinic periodically at, at the Tiverton High School that older people can go to and younger people will be able to eventually. Uh, and I, th I believe the fire departments are 
also doing at-home service for those who are homebound. That's the kind of stuff you can do at the local level, which is why you, you don't need, you usually don't want to consolidate power at the state or national levels. And I, so I think that's a positive movement if once he's able to actually implement it outside of the reach of the actual governor, Raimondo. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, managing at OceanStateCart.com. A lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier Infinity System, the energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory authorized dealer. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL, system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free, financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401 351 7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free, financing is available. 401 401- 351 7600 Rhode Island Massachusetts it's JKL Engineering 401 351 7600 
Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, um, now last uh, the two weeks ago was the Senate impeachment trial of President Trump, and then last week they run uh, February break, which by the way I think that's outdated. I don't think they need to have that anymore. Congress should have been in session. Uh, never mind during the pandemic. A lot of people were traveling anywhere anyway. Uh, but this, you know, the first, the last week of February, excuse me, that we're in, uh, there's still no guarantee that Governor Mundo is going to get her full Senate confirmation hearing. And, you know, now you have some of the others that are going to take more precedence, like the, you know, the AG. So this could well go into March. What did you make of the fact that uh, last week, so now you have the mayor of Cranston, the mayor of Warwick, uh, Mayor Johnston, Mayor North Providence, I believe even Mayor Lorza kind of signed on. What do you make of these mayors stepping forward now saying Governor Mundo should step down? This has gone on too long. Uh, she should just resign and let Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee take over. Well, I mean, they're right. First of all, she she should. And part of the reason she should is it's, it's clear her her whole focus is away. I mean, it would be one thing if she were up for this job and she were saying, you know, that'll be nice if it happens. In the meantime, I'm the governor and I'm here, I'm focused on this, but that's not how she operates. I mean, you, you, you'd put it well when she was going to uh, testify at the Senate that she, it was like a test. It was like an or, a big oral exam she was taking at the Senate and she loves that. And so you could, you could picture her spending weeks preparing so she would have the perfect answers for the senators when they, when they, you know, brought up something from her past or if they asked her a technical question that doesn't go very well with running a state especially when you've given yourselves essentially dictatorial powers over the state because of a pandemic and so i think we're, we're seeing that she has put herself in this position where it doesn't feel like she's the governor it doesn't feel like she wants to be the governor she can protest that she her day hasn't changed all that much but it's not visible and the people of rhode island i don't think see it that way and under those circumstances yeah especially when things start going wrong with with uh, the vaccine rollouts you need somebody who can be the face who can say things without worrying that the they'll upset the president he'll pull back her job opportunity uh, so I, th I think the mayors are right and i think as time goes on you'll see more and more people saying let's you know just make an honest person of yourself and, and get out of that office but and, and what does it tell you that mayors feel confident enough to criticize her because she's not getting that from you know for instance seth magaziner he the general treasurer he felt very comfortable coming out saying that a rep who was in dc on january 6th should resign but he won't come out and say anything against governor mundo nor will uh you know the attorney general Peter narona nor will secretary of state nelly gorbia um i i think it is interesting that alorza basically was confiding to the mayor of Cranston that he was on the same page as they were. Well, I, I, I wonder if that is an indication of where people's kind of like where their hearts are, or where their where their political futures are. Um, if if you're focused on Rhode Island, you can see pretty clearly Governor Raimondo is moving out. And if she, even if if something were to happen that she weren't confirmed, uh, she's going to be very very badly damaged politically locally. But it's it's no I mean there's no denying now her eyes are national. So I, I wonder if you can draw the line between Rhode Island's elected officials, between those whose career path is maybe mayor, then governor, and then maybe a judgeship or something hanging around the state versus those who, like I would say, Magaziner and probably Gourbet as well, who are 
looking more national and that's that's where their eyes are set they want to be part of that national democrat machine uh, I, those folks have a lot more to, to fear from raimondo um whether whether she gets in ultimately gets into the biden's cabinet or not well yes um over the weekend um rahm emanuel former mayor of chicago he he referred to Raimondo as the former governor and said commerce secretary. I think it is it's seen as that it's a mere formality. Uh, we'll still wait to see because Ted Cruz had put a hold on her nomination and he may want to, you know, take the focus off himself by, you know, injecting this into the race. But something else, Justin, that much the way Governor Raimondo, she was obviously a very good test taker when she was a student and that's how she prepares for things. But now think, I mean, during the course of the day, if you are the presumptive commerce secretary, she is just going through, you know, what they've done over the past several years and reaching out to current people in the field. And you're having conversations about what's our agreement with this and that. So all of your focus is consumed on getting up to speed with the new job. So I think um, Rhode Island, again, takes takes a, a back seat on the whole thing. Folks, our segment is politics this week. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, before we uh, move on, if you were incoming or giving advice to incoming uh, Governor Dan McKee, would you keep Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott in that high-profile position that she's in, or would you, uh, you know, make a change there? I guess we learned that last summer, the state Senate, I was unaware of this, that they just gave her a new term. So she's head of the Department of Health, I think, until 2025. Now, the incoming governor can, you know, he can certainly pick his own directors, but, you know, you don't want to have to get rid of someone. It's easier if their term is up and then just point someone new. But at this point, would you keep her in the position high profile that she's been in? Well, the, the first thing to, to note is something that affects McKee that probably wouldn't affect uh, me or anybody I'd be advising on something like this is if he were the optics of his letting go of Dr. Scott would be would be very difficult within a Democrat party in Rhode Island, given her race and, and the fact that she's a woman. Um, that would be a he would have to use some political chips in order to make that happen. So you would have to you'd have to expect it would really have to be justified um and in that regard i have to say i don't i don't know as you said earlier i don't really know quite who is to blame entirely for the, the vaccine right. rollout if it's not her she may be one of the good guys and she's just taking a fall uh in which case you know keep her on no problem um so i i would probably given that unless she were really really to blame in some tangible way that could be easily explained to the public i i would think McKee would have a very difficult time getting rid of her. And on top of that, I don't, I don't know that I've, I see anybody on the stage who would really jump into that position, uh, who, who seems ambitious in that way in the state. It's just, I don't, I don't see the candidate and it would be difficult to get rid of her. So probably at least give her a chance under a new administration and see if she, if she changes in the ways McKee asks her to. Okay. We can agree to disagree. I would move her out. I've seen enough. I've uh, watched this whole act. We're the smallest yeah. seat. Shouldn't fall this way. She's ultimately the one in charge. Uh, I don't know all of that. I noticed that Dr. McDonald seems to have just a better way with the media. But when she's always up there preaching and telling people what a great job they've been doing and backslapping, and it's just been tremendous. And, and, and then we're ranked at last. I, I've, I've seen enough of that whole act. 
what what do you um what do you what is your current thought regarding who he should then select for lieutenant governor i'll go first the two names we've been hearing are james diosa and then sabina sabina matos who's the uh, providence city council president rumored to be running for mayor i don't know i don't know a lot about either one of them uh we know that uh, james diosa the former mayor of central falls he's very friendly with um incoming governor mckee and i didn't know anything about her i watched sabina matos city council president on an interview was really a discussion over the weekend with Joe Paolino has a Sunday show on ABC six. After seeing that, my, my opinion, she's clearly not ready for uh, Lieutenant governor. And so I, I, I know she fits the mode of she's, she's Latino. She's uh, female, you know, involved with Providence could help him, you know, ideally win that Democrat primary. Um, maybe still try to have her as an ally, but she 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 is, in my opinion, clearly not ready to be the lieutenant governor. And that is the situation that if she was then in a situation where she has to do real interviews um, and then, you know, stand up on stage at a briefing, something like that, it, it would she'd be really in overhead. She I, I don't know her. Maybe she would be let her, you know, run for mayor, see how she does as mayor of Providence. Maybe she could grow into it. But I, I don't know what your thoughts are. But after seeing her, my my indication is that that would be a disaster if you picked her unless you really had her in the background that no one, you know, interacts with her or she just does like no press because she's she's just she's not ready. for it. Yeah, I, I think the uh, Rhode Islanders generally should should start reconsidering the, the lieutenant governor role. I mean, all right. When when that, when that, that I don't mean to interrupt. That's not going to happen. So let's just focus on. No, no, no. That, that was, that was where I was going. That was, no, 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 no. That's, that's not where I was happened. going. So, I was okay. going to say, all right. It, it shouldn't. I mean, I know in the past I've thought of running for lieutenant governor to make it sort of a conservative think tank. Um, but that's really not the way we should think of lieutenant governor's office anymore. And we, we should be thinking of your only purpose is to be able to take power. I mean, we dodged a bullet that Regenberg did not get in that lieutenant governor seat. So yes, under that point. measure, I think you've got it picking somebody like Diosa, who was very young in, in Central Falls, and I'm not aware of anything just breathtakingly fantastic that he's done, but he's got a lot of experience right. running a city, you know, in Central Falls, granted, the state takes a lot of the burden for that. But he, you know, he's at least got that executive experience handling a, a mayor's office. Uh, so he'd be more prepared yeah. to take on the governor. And Matos, you know, she she came up. I knew her a little bit years and years ago, back when I started Anchor Rising. And she was, you know, she was among the progressives in Rhode Island. And city council is more like a legislative role. So I don't know. So yeah. between the ideology that I know she once, at least once, had, and the uh, and the the fact that she's more like a a legislator on a council rather than an executive in a mayor's seat, I think with the with the new understanding of how lieutenant governors ought to operate uh, definitely a, she would not be the pick i mean if if she seems competent there are, there are many other ways she can start to you know get more into an executive role in local state and local politics as you say mayor although that might that too might be a bit of a, a leap i think for her in my opinion but um i, th I think i'd have between those two i think i'd have to go with diosa and I, I think with the identity politics mckee's you know window isn't much yeah. wider than that I I, compl I agree with you. I, I and again, I haven't seen him do a full interview. I've seen him a couple times, but after seeing her, I, I think he is the choice. Folks, quick break. A lot more. 
Rockland Island uh, politics this week with Justin Katz, managing at our OceansPickCard.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, Fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceansTakeCard.com. Just an interesting story broke at the end of last week. It turns out Black Island, they, they don't have a, um, like a town council. I mean, granted, it's small. Summertime, their population uh, balloons up. But uh, still, it's one of the 39 cities and towns, and they have uh, what's called a first warden. So you have this Democrat who is um, who is the the first warden, Andre uh, Bollinger, I believe, or Boudreaux, excuse me. And then um, so pictures surfaced, and I posted them on thepetro.com, and then Channel 10 picked up on my story. He had this back and forth with the chief, but ultimately, you have a sitting Democrat person in power. And and Black Island's had some different controversies, but you have a picture of him in full blackface. And then there's photos that I posted of him with there he is with the current president, uh, President Biden and Governor Amundo. 
What do you make of the fact that, by the way, Brother Gary at Black Lives Matter is the only one that called the guy out. The, the Rhode Island Republican Party was silent on the whole thing, of which uh, frustrates me. But what do you make of the fact that, number one, no one other than no one political called him out and said, hey, that's wrong. But also, even when Channel 10 read this, ran the story, they omitted the photos of him in uh, with Governor Raimondo and President I think I think they omitted the fact that he's a Democrat as well, which is an interesting nationally. Yes. That's a fun game to play is, you know, search for the word Democrat when there's a scandal for among one for one of them. Uh, you know, that's that to me, you know, I, you have to there's a bit of Schadenfreude, right, where you you're getting what you're getting the taste of the poison that you've been spreading in, in our culture uh, with, with this sort of thing, a 30 year old photo of you. In, so that would be, you know, around 1990 back when, you know, there was, there's a movie called soul man about a college kid who made his skin dark to get a scholarship. And I mean, it, it was just, we, things were different back then. And you, you, you kind of understood that race was skin deep. And so it was like dying your hair for a costume. It wasn't supposed to be that big a deal. Now we're a racist country again. And so I skin matters, but um, so I, I have to kind of sympathize with the guy that the world's changing out from under him, but the, the double standard on this uh, is, is pretty ridiculous. I mean, this would be, this would be the end of any Republican at any level in Rhode Island, I would think, uh, just because it would be on every news station, it would be constantly hammered. And if you had a picture of that guy with Donald Trump or, or Don Carcieri or, or, or anybody in, in Rhode Island politics on the Republican side, that would, that would be a big story. So it's, it's interesting that you, 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 at this point, you kind of have to even go to Channel 10 and search their website if, if you don't have his name uh, to, to find this story at all, which is just really surprising. And not only that, Justin, let's go to real time. What if a picture of Justin Price, he was the rep who was in D.C. on January 6th at the Capitol. What if, and they were calling for him to resign, even Seth Magaziner and others. What if a photo surfaced of, number one, him with President Trump, and number two, him in blackface? Do you think the media would have run all the photos, and do you think then there would have been more of an outcry for him to say Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think that would have been solidifying. Um, I mean, if this, this, I think, you know, obviously we haven't seen it yet, but I, I think there would be just constant coverage on all the stations, all the newspapers, they'd all be saying this is, this is an emblem of the racism of Republicans, you know, even though it's 30 years ago, um, that is, but that would be the opportunity for them to take out a Republican. And I, I don't think there's any question. It would be a, a, be a bigger story uh, and it would be a, a bigger problem for the, the politician involved. What, what do you make of the fact that uh, he, your brother Gary of Black Lives Matter saying it's got to stop, it's despicable. He compared it to a swastika. What do you make of the fact the Rhode Island Republican Party no, no response, not, no reaction to it at all. Well, I, on this one, I, we, we might differ. But again, I, I look at it, to me, that, that statement from him, from Brother Gary, it's, it's kind of foolish. I mean, this has to stop. What? It was 30 years ago. What? We have to stop looking at it. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, so I, I you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily want the Republican Party to jump on something like this, I think, except to maybe note the hypocrisy of it. Um, but, you know, at some point, culture's got to be a, a higher priority than, than politics. And, and again, I'm not sure the, I'm not sure the Republican Party would get much, much energy out of it, much thrust out of it. I mean, are they going to force oh. Channel 12 to run a story or the Providence Journal to cover it? I don't know. Maybe they could, or maybe it would just be, you know, the typical Republicans pounce uh, angle where it's their fault for even pointing it out. 
which might be healthy. <laughs> I go back to that. Yeah, that Governor of Virginia, Governor Northrop, he, he wouldn't say he was either the person in a Klan outfit or he was the person in blackface. And and I just think I, you have to give, you know, give them a taste of their own medicine, because I think you and I both know if that had been, as I said, like Justin Price, it would have been a bigger deal in the media. They all would have been screaming for the resign. I personally would have liked to see the Republican Party say this is unacceptable, call attention to it. And it also he's then photographed with Governor Mundo and Joe Biden. So, I mean, I think you have to at least go through the motions and play it out. But um, but they they chose not to do anything. Now, Justin, folks, you hear us mention OceanStateCurrent.com. There's there's a good piece about uh, the whole situation with the, the unions and the charter schools. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that. Yeah, well, there are actually two relevant articles. I mean, one is uh, there's a a short video segment we run once or twice a week uh, called Roadie Reporter. Uh, One of the people who does it is Mark Zakaria, who's uh, involved in conservative politics in the state. Uh, And he talks about how the the state General Assembly at the behest of the labor unions are actually going in the, the wrong direction with education where, where kids are struggling there. I mean, I hear from, from people in education and teachers that you know, kids in third, fourth grade can't read when they're supposed to be reading. And that's critical at time of their, their education at, you know, to be missing. And we're, instead of trying to address that, the General Assembly is cracking down on charter schools, uh, which, is, which is the opposite of what needs to be done. It's, it's actually what, what the unions want. Uh, and I have an, a, a post on Ocean State Current as well talking about um, how school choice could really present an opportunity for, for the Republicans in the state conservative uh, candidates, because it is it is so obviously needed and it is of such an obvious benefit. But a lot of the dynamics just don't don't work. I mean, you, the different. It seems like uh, Republicans in in a blue state like Rhode Island are either trying to get along with the Democrats or trying to differentiate themselves from the other Republicans, or you know, just angry at the the other, the second group that's trying to be differentiated. And so I I don't think you you can actually get that sense of coming up with a policy that's good for people and trying to appeal to those new audiences. I think we see that uh, again and again in in state politics where everybody's just caught up in the politics and not looking for good policy ideas. Uh, And so we we try to explore some of those on OceanStateCurrent.com. Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Stay safe and we will talk. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006. And also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439 439- 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at Yankee Tree Service, the licensed arborists help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? 
Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram are also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in the library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time, from service calls to maintenance agreements to installation. R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogs. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating.